Hi, Saints. Welcome to another episode of Talking Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, here to help you grow in faith and walk in God's amazing grace. Today's message is entitled, Living in the Spirit Realm. So sit back, relax, take notes, and let's grow in faith. Hi, Saints. I am really anxious to get this message out to you today because it's dealing with faith, uh, growing in faith, how faith works, and how we can continue to connect with God or either learn how to connect with God through our spirit and through the spirit realm because that's where he is. We can't connect with God through our senses. So I want to talk a little bit about that with you today. Over 25 years ago, when I was born again and called to preach the gospel, and for the next 17 or 18 years, I really struggled in the Christian life, as are many of you. I had my ups and downs, but it was mostly downs. When I would read the book of Acts, which is the beginning of the church age, it was sticking my mind. It bothered me. I was not seeing the manifestation of the signs and wonders of Acts in my ministry, in my life and I knew a very few other ministries were there where there were supernatural manifestations now I can remember uh, talking to God and going to God and and telling him that I really did not want to walk in his calling but I had to learn quickly And God brought it to my attention that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They are without change. So I had to keep my mind and focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, to carry me through. And I mean, I was dissatisfied and disappointed in in my own life, you know. Uh, It was in absolute shambles. I was living in sin. I didn't know how to repent of it. I didn't know that I had to study God's word and and learn his will for me and 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 renew my mind with the word of God. I had to walk as a baby Christian before God build me up to be one of his ministers. I did. And then I start studying and listening to uh ministers who who shared the power of God and how it can manifest in my life and um, I had to learn how to be filled with the spirit and and speak in tongues so that I can edify myself I had to learn all of that and over the years I've seen many who were truly filled with the spirit and had the power of God in their lives but that power was not really transforming and changing their lives You can compare it to an automobile. You can have one of the most powerful engines in the world, capable of speeding a car down the road um, of at least 300 miles per hour. But if you do not have a gear shift box and a drivetrain to transfer the power of that engine to the wheels of the car, it will not go anywhere. So you can have the power, you know, and be filled of the spirit of God and speak with tongues yet still abuse your 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 spouse and family something is wrong with that picture you can be bound by everything you can think of until you learn how to harness that power to the wheels of your life so I had to learn that it was a twofold purpose 
I believe in the signs and wonders and they are manifested in my ministry today as the spirit of God directs and as he wills. But whether you realize it or not, signs and wonders are not primarily for Christians. God has a twofold purpose for the gifts of the spirit. First, they are to empower the ministry gifts, which are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And those who know me and follow me on a regular basis know that my ministry gifts are evangelism and teaching. They will operate in um, any spirit field believer. And I'm talking about they as in the gifts will operate in any spirit field believer as the Holy Spirit wills. But mostly they are the tools of the trade for the ministry. Secondly, they are God's method of advertising, not for Christians, but for sinners. The signs and wonders are so the world would know the reality and the power of the almighty God. The Bible does not say that without the gifts of the spirit, it is impossible to please God. It says without faith, it is impossible to please him in Hebrews 11 and 6. God does not require sinners to exercise faith. It is impossible for them to do so. They are spiritually dead and there is no way they can have the faith of God. But God expects his children to operate by faith. We are not supposed to walk day in and day out by the gifts of the spirit. We are supposed to walk day in and day out by faith. And do not think that sunrise to sunset is going to be one miracle after another one supernatural manifestation after another because it's not i expect the gifts of the spirit to operate in my ministry and they do but for me personally to walk with god i have to walk by faith and so do you so now let's look a little bit at the uh, supernatural realm signs and wonders are one side of the coin faith is the other side both of them move you into the realm of the spirit. Both of them are direct involvements of the supernatural realm in the natural realm. There's a place in God where we can rise above the circumstances of the natural, but very few people seem to understand that. Here is an example from my own life. I found out about divine healing about the same time I found out that the book of Acts, which is the beginning of the church, was alive today, that it will work today. I learned that it was God's will for me to be well. I discovered that I could walk in divine healing, which was great. That's good news for anybody to know because I had always had some type of sickness, you know, suffering from ear infections. I used to have severe ear infections, my God. And I, I waited for Satan to put some kind of sickness or disease on me so I could take my newfound power and, and knock it out the, out the park. Y'all know these baby Christians when they find out about the, uh, the things of God and, and that we have power. Oh my, they just, just, just operate foolishly, which is what I was doing. I was walking around waiting for the enemy to attack me with something so I could pull out my sword of divine healing and, and, and just knock it on up, up the street. I was ready. I was on with divine healing. Everywhere I went, I was looking for sickness to attack me. And of course it did. Some of it did anyway, especially with ear infection. Then one day I heard a man say he had never had a headache in 37 years, 
Well, I've never had a headache in my life. Mm -mm. And I was saying to myself, what? Did he say he had never had a headache in 37 years? And I'm saying, well, I've never had a headache at all. And that is when I began to listen. And suddenly the spirit of God gave me a revelation. I found out that God's best is not divine healing. Divine health is God's best. With divine health, you do not need to be healed. Now, thank God for divine healing. I'm not knocking that because I believe in divine healing because I'll pray and lay hands on somebody and, and, and through our faith and us standing in agreement, the power of God will come down and heal that individual. I'm a firm believer in that because divine healing can bring you to divine health. But so many in the charismatic renewal are still waiting for all the problems and all the attacks of the enemy to come so they can stand against them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We got to learn how to walk and live above the circumstances. Why should we walk in that garbage at all? Why? Why should we struggle under that kind of load? We can rise up and live above the circumstances of, of our everyday lives, saints. There's a place where we can walk in God above the circumstances. Of course, you have to choose to do it. But you can't do it if you have a pity party attitude. A lot of folks still want to cry. They enjoy crying and, and do not want to admit that, that they are on an ego trip. It makes them feel good to stand up and say, oh, I've had all these trials and all these tribulations. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, it's been so rough for me. Give me a little pity. Somebody feels sorry for me. I'm really having a hard time. And I'm not making a mockery out of this because some people are struggling so much. Look, their faith, look, they need us to come in and step in and start praying for them to help build up their faith. But I refuse to dishonor my Lord and Savior that way. Jesus is my example. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Do not look at the circumstances. Do not look at the devil or his demons. Look to Jesus. He is the pattern. He is the blueprint, the example. He is the leader. And no matter what may come, I will follow him. That's the way we have to think, saints. If I have to follow him by myself, then so be it. I am going for God's best. And I do not believe in settling for less than the best. God gave his best to us and for us to use. And I believe God wants us to walk in his best. If he did not want us to, to, to walk in his best, then why is he providing it for us? Why did he tell us about it? If you want to please God and walk in his best, you have to make the choice to walk by faith. And there's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. So we need to learn a little bit about faith. Let's look at Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, some years ago when the Lord gave me my assignment, I began to teach that faith has a time. In other words, there's a time when faith is faith. And there's a time when faith is not faith. So I thought that the word now in Hebrews 11 and 1 meant a time. That's what I thought. And then I began to search it out to find out if, if I was right or if I was wrong. I was going to change it if I was wrong. So sure enough, I was right. Now is not in the Greek text. And I knew something was wrong because it wasn't making sense when I was reading that verse. Now faith is the, the substance of things hoped for. 
now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so over the, I'm like, wait a minute. And God led me to search this stuff out. So it is not a time indicator in that verse. It really functions as a conjunction to connect the last verse of chapter 10 to the first verse of chapter 11. A better translation could be therefore or but. It could, it could read like this. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them who believe to the saving of the soul. Therefore, faith is the substance of things hoped for or either but faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, so I had to figure out what was going on. I knew that time was involved with faith and I knew that this was where most people were missing it with faith. If you do not understand that there is a time to faith, you can't really walk in faith. You can spell it and you can say it, but you will not walk in it until you find out about the time of faith. I took another look at Hebrews 11 and 1 and, and, and said, all right, if I drop the word now, capitalize the F and make faith the first word of the sentence, then it will read like this. Faith is. Wait a minute faith is. Then I said, I can see this. I said to myself, yes, yes, yes. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. I can see it. Then I saw it. The word is, is a present tense verb. It could say faith was, and it could say faith will be, but no, it says faith is. When it says faith is, it means right now, present tense. So I was back in the game and I said, okay, I will teach it this way. I can still prove it by the word of God. Uh-huh. Because we can't leave the word of God and start putting opinions. These are facts. That's why it's important that you learn the Greek and the Hebrew. Because the translators make a lot of mistakes when they translate it from Hebrew and Greek to English. So faith is, is what we focus on. I kept meditating on the verse and I said, well, let me add a little something here. Let me play with the English a little. I could say it like this. Faith is now, or I could say faith is, or I could say now faith is. I am back to square one. Faith is present tense. If it is not present tense, it is not faith. Now, we have to make sure that we stay in agreement with God and his words and the meaning of his words. Whenever you say, I know God is going to do something you are not in faith you are not operating in faith and that is why things are not working for some of us most people do not realize it but when they say God is going to do something they are saying he has not done it he said he did it you said he did not do it God cannot get in agreement with you because you are not in agreement with him First Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes ye were healed. The word were, the word were is past tense. It does not say you will be healed. It says you were healed. If you were healed, then you are healed right now. It is already done. You cannot receive the healing for yourself on your own faith until you realize that you have to receive it now. You cannot say that you know the Lord is going to heal you. You can die making that confession. Let's, let's get that straight. You can die making that confession. 
because that is future tense and faith is present tense. Okay. Going on with Hebrews 11 and one, it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means that hope does not have any substance for what I am hoping and praying. Hope will not do you. It won't do you any good saints until you join faith with it. Hope sets the goal. If all you have is hope, then all it will allow you to do is smile while the ship is sinking. But if you put faith with the hope, you will keep the ship afloat. That is a huge difference, saints. Faith is the substance. But what is substance? Substance is something that you can, you can contact with your physical senses. It is something that can be seen, smelled, heard, tasted, or touched. It is tangible. It is solid. Hope does not have any substance. If you are hoping God is, is going to heal you, you had better get a doctor because Satan is trying to give you a one-way ticket to the graveyard. And sure, you are sincere because, see, look, people can, if you know better, you do better. People do what they know how to do, but if you learn differently, then you change. So I know a lot of you are sincere when you say that, but now you can make a different positive confession. So we have gangsters who, who break into homes and rip off people uh, hard work for items. But here's the thing. The gangster was sincere when he broke in your house, but he was also sincerely wrong. He didn't have any business breaking in your house. And see, that's how you have to look at it. With Christians, they sincere about some stuff, but then they find out they're learning wrong. And they are, they are applying it wrong, which is why it's not manifesting. Which is, now, which is why it's not becoming a reality in your life. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence. But what is evidence? Evidence is proof. And proof substantiates or validates the existence of something you do not presently have. If you already had it, you would not need any proof of it, right? Because you have it. Proof takes the place of what it is, the proof of, until the thing arrives. Therefore, proof is temporary. Okay? Faith for each situation of life is temporary until that situation manifests itself. When the situation manifests, then you do not need any more faith for it. Once you have it, once it's in your hand, you don't need faith for it. Because you have it in manifestation. It has become a reality. If faith is the evidence of proof, then faith itself must be something. If it were not something, it could not be the proof. So now let's look at outside of the senses. Now, notice this. It says faith is the evidence of things not seen. When we walk by faith, we leave the realm of the senses. And that is where most of us mess it up. We walk by senses and not by faith. We walk by the circumstances. We magnify the circumstances. We rejoice in the circumstances. We even make jokes about the circumstances. How often have you heard someone say, I'll tell you what, I have the devil on the run, bless God. But the devil sure, and I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Christians mean well, but poor babies, I tell you. But 
when you think about it, you, you hear them saying, the devil sure was chasing me. That is the mentality of, 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 of us people. They get up in church and brag about how hard they are, are having it. That gets them, you know, it gets them a little sympathy from the people, from, from their, their, their sisters and brothers in Christ. But it does not honor God. No, it doesn't. I don't care how many times you say it. It's still not honoring God. There is no faith in it. I used to talk about the problem thinking um, that I was being honest. But then I wised up and brought my words into line with God's word. I believe that when the Bible says that faith is the evidence of things not seen, the word seen does not mean just visual perception. That will leave out all you can hear, all you can smell, all you can taste, and all you can touch. A better way to say it is that faith is the evidence of things not perceived by the senses. Now, if faith is the evidence of things not perceived by the physical senses, then that means there is another realm. There has to be another world, another realm where faith is the law. That's the spirit realm where God lives. We live in this three-dimensional world where our senses are the law. In the world, it is hot because we feel like it is hot. It is blue because we see that it is blue or red. It is sweet because we taste the sweetness. It is a discord because we hear that it is discordant. Our senses are the law of the physical world, saints. But when we walk by faith, we leave the physical world and enter the world of the spirit, God's world. In the spirit world, faith is the law. And if we do not operate in faith, we are going to be arrested for operating outside the law, meaning we're going to suffer the consequences, saints. So we need to remember that faith is the law of the spirit realm. And faith is the key that allows us to enter that realm. That is where God is. God cannot connect with our senses. He cannot connect with our physical body. He can only connect with us through the spirit realm. Now, I thank you guys for listening to this message. It was a short message, but you must agree it was a powerful message. Now stand by for a surprise and, ah for a surprise in my closing remarks. Okay saints, this is something new. I am always thinking of ways to edify you as well as myself so that we can enjoy the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So starting today, October the 6th of 2019 and moving forward, after every message, I am going to share with you some words of peace from the Lord Jesus Christ and then several scriptures for you to meditate on throughout the day. So starting today, this is the first message so that we can grow and enjoy the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be willing to follow wherever I lead. Follow me wholeheartedly with glad anticipation, quickening your pace. Though you don't know what lies ahead, I know, and that is enough. Some of my richest blessings are just around the bend. 
out of sight, but nonetheless very real. To receive these gifts, you must walk by faith, not by sight. This doesn't mean closing your eyes to what is all around you. It means subordinating the visible world to the invisible shepherd of your soul. Sometimes I lead you up a high mountain with only my hand to support you. The higher you climb, the more spectacular the view becomes. Also, the more keenly you sense your separation from the world with all its problems. This frees you to experience exuberantly the joyous reality of my presence. Give yourself fully to these glory moments, awash in dazzling light. I will eventually lead you down the mountain, back into the community with others. Let my light continue to shine within you as you walk among people again. I'm going to share with you four scriptures. They are all from the NIV, which is the New International Version. I want you to meditate on these scriptures today so that it can bring you closer to the Lord in sharing in his peace. The first scripture is 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. We live by faith, not by sight. The second scripture is Psalms 96, verse 6. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. The, four, the third scripture is John 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the final scripture, scripture number four, is found in Psalms 36 and verse 9. For which, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. I hope you enjoyed this new message, bringing you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and helping you experience his peace. Boy, do we need that today. So enjoy life laugh, love people, forgive people, and walk in the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you were truly blessed by today's message, Living in the Spirit Realm. If you have any questions or comments about this message or any past interludes, please send your comments, questions, or prayer requests to Talking Bible Truth cd at gmail.com if you would like to support this podcast financially please visit my anchor spotify breaker google podcast or radio public home pages click on the support this podcast button and contribute an amount of your choice now until next time saints faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god we walk by faith not by sight i am your host dr Kamala d rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. See you next time.